You're listening to Eye on the Ball with Steve Rivera. This podcast is a Bustos Media production on The Voice. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Eye on the Ball here on 1030 The Voice. I'm Steve Rivera, missing my cohort, Jay Gonzalez. But I have a special in-studio guest with TJ Jeskowitz of El Tour de Tucson, the new executive director. And I'm going to have Matt Moreno of Go AZ Cats on the phone any moment now. Welcome to Friday. How are you, TJ? Welcome to Tucson. Hey, doing great, Steve. Great, great. We're going to get to your story after I talk to Matt briefly, see if he send me some any, any money from California. I know he's got a ton of it. And we'll talk about your, your past, uh, your future, and your sports uh, love as it were, because you kind of have the same kind of wheelhouse as I do uh, in terms of uh, eras, 70s, 90s, 80s, 90s, stuff like that. Matt, are you on the phone, Matt? I am here, Steve. Matt, how are you doing? Doing pretty good. How are you? Fine. Are you still hunkered down in L.A.? I am. Your your mail. Your money is in the mail, Steve. Oh, yeah, there, you don't there, even so. know how to get to the mailbox, so I know that's <laughs> not true. Hey, uh, Arizona picked up another recruit today? Yeah. Uh, number 16 for the 2021 class in the third in the last couple of days. They obviously made a late uh, a late addition to the 2020 class yesterday. They announced it kind of quietly uh, before the big one yesterday, which was obviously local running back uh, Stevie Rocker Jr. from CDO. Uh, the most notable pickup for Arizona uh, so far in this class. Uh, we at Rivals have him ranked uh, atop, atop the group and um, higher than anybody else so far that Arizona has on board, but uh, so far, after that slow start, Kevin Summon and his staff are kind of making their way through this group, and um, you can only sign 25 each class, and they're at 16 already, so it's, they've made some pretty good headway. How did it go from zero to 16 in a matter of two months, maybe? I think some of it has to be credit to the, to the pandemic. I mean, I think there was that initial uh, uneasiness of making a quick decision, but as things went on, I think a lot of recruits started to see other prospects take their spots and maybe fill up a little bit with the class, and I think there was some pressure put on by Arizona staff. I've heard a couple of the commits that I've talked to so far have really mentioned that, that you know, Arizona staff said, hey, we can't hold your spot forever, and we really would like you to you know, make a decision if this is where you want to be. And so a lot of recruits have gone that route and said, hey, I don't want my spot to go anywhere. We don't know what's going on with all the uncertainty with college football, whether my scholarship's going to be available, if they're going to, you know, if there's no season, are they going to cut my scholarship? Am I not going to be able to go to Arizona? And um, so I think a lot of recruits just kind of decided to go that route. A lot of uh, guys are starting to take visits on their own, even though it's not technically allowed. Um, it's still a dead period until uh, the end of August, and so they technically can't take unofficial visits or official visits, but they can. a lot of recruits that I've talked with, including a handful that have picked Arizona kind of these last couple of months, have said, you know, we're, we've taken it into our own hands and we've you know, made trips to Tucson, at least walked around campus what we could. Can't get into the facilities, can't meet with the coaches, but they just kind of needed that last little push to see things for themselves. So I think you've seen that in a few cases as well, where you know school ended, they kind of could focus on the recruiting side, and a lot of them have taken some trips with their families, and it's kind of led to more commitments. What's the quality of the player? We know that it's uh, in the past it hasn't been great. Uh, twos and three stars uh, similar. Uh, yeah, I mean at this point it's it's definitely quality over uh, or quantity over quality. At this point, um, like I said, we have Steve Rocker as the highest-rated recruit, but he's still just a three a three-star prospect. So, uh, and he's far and away Arizona's top recruit, at least according to rivals right now. So, um, in this class, so uh, that kind of tells you where things are. They're not really too involved with a ton of four-star guys. 
um, or four-star guys have not really looked their direction at this point. So um, as, as things stand now, it's probably going to be a very similar class to what Arizona's had the first couple years under Kevin Sumlin. Um, not a ton of players with offers from major programs. Um, Arizona, a lot of times, in many of these cases so far, through the first 16 commitments, Arizona is either their only offer or by far their biggest offer. So that's kind of what what the kind of class is built is built like right now and, and kind of looks like. And so um, I think for Arizona, the focus as they start to fill up a little bit more and get through the summer, they're more than likely going to hold on to some spots and you have to kind of focus on that on that quality over the quantity. Uh, the getting rocker helped a lot locally because they had been shut out a lot recently outside of Joyner coming in. But uh, what does this mean to the program locally? Uh, I think it's a big deal. I think I received a few messages where, where a lot of people just within the business, on the recruiting side of things, kind of men- mentioned to me, hey, they needed that one. Uh, after he made that decision, I got a few messages like that where you know a lot of people who kind of understand how recruiting works, who know kind of the recruiting business, said, hey, they needed that, re- they needed that commitment from, from Stevie Rocker because it just sends a message that they're at least able to keep some of the talent home. We've seen so many of the top players from Tucson uh, these last few years just leave and go to other parts of the country. Some are completely leaving the West Coast and going to, you know, play at Ohio State, uh, play at Texas, play at other programs. And so you can't have that if you're if you're Kevin Sumlin. You need to keep some of those players home. It's going to be more difficult to keep, you know, players from Phoenix and maybe other parts of the state home. Um, but you need to keep those guys from Tucson home. And so landing Stevie Rocker is a big deal. I think it sends the right message um, that they can compete with some other programs and keep those players home. Uh, it wasn't like Stevie Rocker, like Arizona was his biggest offer, his only offer. He had other options including Cal and BYU and, uh, and Nevada. And so he had some other options around the country, but decided, you know, I want to play at Arizona, play down the street, and kind of continue my career there. And so um, I think it's a positive move for them. It was one of those uh, recruits that Arizona, I think, as things went on, you realize they need to have someone like that in this class um, just to kind of continue to show that they're making strides uh, with local recruiting. And, and so it's a positive get for Arizona. And like I said, it's one that matters kind of from a perception standpoint, but also just from a quality player. I mean, he's somebody that, uh, is talented and is going to bring, I think, a lot to the team. We'll let you catch your breath real quick. Um, hey, uh, so we all know this, and you've been in the game for a while with recruiting. Uh, if, the, in fact, these kids are getting offers offered early now, and they're saying, putting a little pressure on them to get the re- get the commitment from them, uh, what's not to think that if they uh, another school, quality school, comes in and says, hey, uh, are you committed too early? Why don't you think about coming to us? Don't you think that's a possibility? Oh, absolutely. I think, and that's why it was kind of shocking to me. I didn't really believe that when this kind of pandemic started and recruits started to commit a little bit sooner than we've seen before, I thought it was kind of going to go the opposite way. And you'd have uh, recruits kind of hold off on decisions, knowing they couldn't take visits. They wanted to see these places up close. And kind of the opposite happened where recruits started to make decisions right away. And you started to see that kind of snowball with, uh, you know, prospects all over the country making their choices. So, um, that was my initial thing when all that started to happen was, well, we're going to see a wave of decommitments at some point when everything's kind of balanced out, when everything's kind of returned to somewhat uh, normal. Um, I, I thought, you know, there's going to be some decommitments. So I, I do think that's still part of kind of what's going to happen as this process plays I do out. Too. But I do, too. Um, I, I do really think that it's something to watch, and, and I don't think anything right now is set in stone. And you could see, you could see colleges do that as well, say, hey, we know we have this guy. Um, but we, we're still looking for someone that's maybe a little bit better as well, and, and you can see some guys kind of drop off that way as well. We have about a minute minute left. So what's the real story behind Tony Fields leaving? That's a curious leave. 
Yeah, it's definitely interesting. Obviously, it's a, it's a strange time to do so. Um, we don't really know what's going on with the season, but it's it's late in the process to kind of get that going and get that transfer process going. But I think if there's one thing one thing that you can look at him and, and when we talked to him in spring ball, the thing that continued to come up was the NFL. And I think when you look at that decision, I think you, you see that some of the schools that have offered him, USC has already offered him, Texas has already offered him, uh, West Virginia has already offered him today now that he's officially in the transfer portal. Uh, I think he sees a chance to potentially get to the NFL somewhere else. And I think that's something that's kind of maybe the underlying theme of, of why he made this decision. It's obviously not a good sign for Arizona when you lose or not one of your, not only one of your top defensive players, but just one of your top players overall on the, on the entire team. And so uh, it's not good for Arizona, but I think for him, I think he sees an opportunity to maybe potentially um, make his NFL dreams come true and, and do that at a, at a different, a different place. Totally agree with you. It's uh, curious about the whole thing because a guy like that does not leave this late into the game. Hey, uh, thanks for calling in quickly and enjoy California. I may, I may not see you again. <laughs> who, knows, Steve, who, who knows? Who's better off, you or me? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we'll be well. Thanks a bunch, Matt. Thank you, Steve. All right. That was Matt Moreno of Goizy Cats here on 1030 The Voice. Let's take a quick break and talk to TJ Jeskowitz, the new executive, executive director of El Tour de Tucson. There's a place in our house. For 70 years, Benjamin Supply has been keeping Tucson flowing. Hygiene is our business. We help you achieve extreme clean. Minimize germ spreading with a hands-free sensor faucet. Forget the paper panic with a washlet seat. And speaking of waterworks, a big thanks to plumbers for their essential efforts during this health crisis. Shop our downtown showroom by appointment. Call us at 777-7000 or see all the products online at BenjaminSupply.com. Thanks to Benjamin Plumbing Supply. Time to update those old kitchen cabinets? Call the Window Depot today. The Window Depot is not only the number one warehouse for windows and doors, we now have a great selection of kitchen and bath cabinets at Tucson's best prices. The Window Depot is Tucson's top spot for granite and quartz countertops to finish the new kitchen or the replacement of that old worn out Formica. So call us today at 290-8545 or 622-6430. The Window Depot, windows, doors, granite, and new kitchens. Camille Rivas Rutherford with Coldwell Banker Realty has been one of the top producing real estate agents in Tucson, Oro Valley, Marana, and Vail for more than 20 years. Let her help you find your dream home in Southern Arizona. Her passion and enthusiasm for real estate has helped her become one of the most respected and trusted realtors in the area. And she was recently named a recipient of Coldwell Banker's 2019 International President Circle Award. Camille's approach to sales and marketing and selling or buying a home is second to none. Give her a call at 520-250-5192. Hey, welcome back to Eye on the Ball here on 1030 The Voice. I'm your host, Steve Rivera, alongside T.J. Jeskowitz, the new executive director of El Tour de Tucson. T.J., welcome again. Thanks, Steve. So who in their right mind comes from Iowa <laughs> in the middle of July to Tucson? Well, it, it's been an interesting trip since I got here. <laughs> I experienced already driving through a monsoon. and Where did it, you catch that at? Yeah, we caught it about... Texas Canyon. I don't know if you know yeah, where that yes, is coming in on I-10. And uh, all of a sudden, it looked like a Midwest storm. And I'm like, wait, we're going into the desert. Why does it look like, uh, you know, Oklahoma or something like that? So so a monsoon that uh, kind of like blew us around a little bit. Be prepared. And, yep. Be that prepared. was fun. And then 
the the day we uh, moved uh, about record heat day, so about one hundred eighteen. So I don't know. Well, it felt whatever. like one hundred eighteen. Yeah, you know, by by next week it'll be one hundred twenty one. So right. uh, let me tell you, one hundred twenty one, one hundred thirteen. There's really twenty twenty one. Whatever it takes. That's yeah, what. yeah. Uh, no, welcoming and good. Just avoid the snakes, the javelinas, and whatever else you see out there. <laughs> I've already seen javelinas in our backyard. We've seen coyotes, uh, scorpions, you name it. I know the one thing you've definitely seen are cyclists yes. in this town. It's yes. part of one of the reasons why you came here. Well, it's it's obviously a great cycling community. Um, you know, the the people that put together this community, I mean, obviously had nothing to do with putting great mountains and great scenery like that. But just the bike infrastructure in this town is second to none. Mm. I've been to a lot of places that I thought, hey, that's a really cool bike mecca. This place, I will, I will stack up against any place. Uh-huh. What would you say is second or third? I mean, can, can you compare it to other... Well, there's other neat communities like Madison, Wisconsin is a really neat bike community. Davis, California is really neat. Uh, Minneapolis is a nice uh, urban one. Um, but when you can hop on, you know, the loop, uh, the right, Huckleberry right. Loop and ride, you know, pretty much 118 miles or whatever it is, really without stopping for a car, you know, going underneath or going over uh, traffic, it, it's just an absolute gem. And for, for cyclists, I mean, that you probably uh, don't realize how good you have it until you go to some of those other states right. that that you come up to a stop sign and stop and break your your rhythm so so i just think even just a loop but but even off the loop just riding uh bike lanes and just and just gorgeous scenery i mean it's just uh mm-hmm. you just can't get enough of it and that's pretty much 12 months out of the year absolutely it depends on the time of day you leave yeah. <laughs> to get out there. Well, you know, I mean, some people might be a little squeamish here about riding in, in 30 degrees, you know, where I came from in Iowa recently. That's called, that's, called uh, Tuesday. Tank tops, you know, <laughs> in 30 degrees. So I'm sure my, my blood will get a little thinner after I'm here for a little bit. But, uh, but boy, you know, you could ride 365 a year here, and that's that's really neat. Right, right. Maybe not in those monsoons that you're talking, because they're coming soon. Maybe not. They're running late a little. Uh, you, you have a, a curious past. You were in Iowa with one of the great rides, Ragbri. Fantastic ride. I know a lot of people in Tucson who've ridden in it a number of years. Uh, fun ride. Oh, yeah. It's a different type of ride. It's a social ride. Um, whereas El Tor is, you know, pretty much put your head down and go. You want mm-hmm. to try, try to get personal bests, and um, you know, you're you're really stretching your your limits and and just putting out maximum effort. Where Ragbri is an event. You slow down and smell the roses, and stop and visit with people. Eat a piece of pie, uh, drink a beer, have a corn on the cob or a pork chop. So complete. You know, the the only thing similar I would say is it's on two wheels, mm-hmm. and that's about it. But you know, they're both fun, and and people who love cycling. Oh, a- absolutely. And I, and I think all these great cycling events, I mean, it brings out, you know, there's similar people that ride El Tor that would ride mm-hmm. Ragbri. Um, but, you know, it's it's nice to experience different types of cycling events because if you just did events like El Tor or, or other, you know, Mountain major events even, yeah. or, or, or the 24-hour of El Pueblo, you know, those those events, you, you need to mix it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they say, you know, things like El Tor or Ragbri are on people's bucket lists. I did events like Bike New York and other events like that. I mean, they are definitely bucket list events for a reason. Mm-hmm. And each of them have a little different makeup of what makes a special. Sure, so, sure. So, yeah, it's a, it's good to experience different cycling events. Well, now you're here. Uh, you've come here uh, knowing the history, obviously the sure. big, long history, almost four decades of history. So you must see a nice future in it. Oh, for sure. I, I you know. 
obviously without that 38 year history it's just another event mm-hmm. but when you you know there's not too many cycling events that have been going on for 38 years you can count them probably on on two hands um a lot of them have fallen by the wayside so it just it just gives you know the people the the visionaries like richard that started this event back in the 80s um you know had something going on why why bring all these people to tucson to Mm -hmm. ride and amazing stuff and then to have this event still going on you know here we are 38 years later and it's it's one of the top events in the entire country so you put that together with with just the potential of bringing you know more and more people here i think this could be easily you know it's already one of the top events in the country but it it could be one of the top events in the world this is this is maybe a naive question i've been with the l tour for seven years now full disclosure um to me it's kind of like a a hidden gem and i don't want to say hidden because that means that no one knows but people know but it's still a gem that people need to find out about yeah for sure um and I, and I think you know that word of mouth is the best cycling uh selling point is that what sold ragbri absolutely because someone will come come ride the event and say wow that was fantastic mm-hmm. not, not only did i you know have tremendous riding but you know the people were great the food was great it's that overall experience that makes people cycling trips really special so it's not mm-hmm. just hey i knocked off 102 miles on the bike and here's my time but you know what people remember you know i had the coldest beer ever after that ride and i had the <laughs> best you know burrito i've ever had in my life you know because i earned it and right. those are those are things that make your trip a little bit more special and so mm-hmm. so those are the types of things i think that legend can grow uh by getting more people involved getting more you know just um just just people take a look at it because once they come down here and get a feel they're going to be back for more. Right, right. We talk about bucket list a lot, and it is a bucket list. Sure. But that bucket list, you can do two or three times, oh, if not more. No doubt, no doubt. And that's the thing. Um, you know, you look at the, the history of how many people have done, you know, hey, they've done 20 L tours or they've done mm-hmm. 15 L tours. It's very important to, you know, the culture of this community. And, you know, those people just need to, to share that love. You know, mm-hmm. put it on on their social media. Say, hey, come come join me for this ride. Uh, invite friends, invite family, and um, you know that's what it's all about. Just you know, being proud of of your community and wanting to show it off to other cyclists throughout the world. Part of that is it may be the same name El Tour de Tucson, but like this year, it's going to be a different route in mm-hmm. El Tour de Tucson. So it's it's different yet the same. Yes. Well, you know, going south, going down into some areas like, you know, Sarita and, and Green Valley, those are areas that, that El Tor hasn't been down to in the mm-hmm. past. So um, a little bit different. I think it's going to be a little bit faster route. Uh, I was out there the other day with uh, Tim Escobedo, who's who does a lot of the route planning. Uh, we drove the route. We didn't bike it because uh, it was about 119 degrees or whatever it was. Um, but we we're taking a look at the different areas, climbing through like the mines. Um, and that was your first impression? Oh, uh, pecan feels i mean just just gorgeous uh changing scenery it's not mm-hmm. just 100 102 miles to the same exact cactus after cactus mm-hmm. there's such diversity in the route going through the boneyard or going up pistol hill or you know going by you know and the rincon mountain area so there's a lot of diversity with this route a little bit faster than it's been in the past but absolutely gorgeous and uh, we got about two minutes left here 
still pushing forward for the event November 21st nothing's changed well that's the game plan you know obviously there's there's things that are so fluid with the coronavirus and the pandemic going on so um, you know if you asked me three weeks ago what what I felt like compared to today I mean it's just ever-changing so what is it going to be like in four months and you know we're staying on top we've got a medical advisory board that have been giving us great advice a lot of uh, local flavor on that advisory board just keeping us up to date with what's going on throughout the world well along those there's some positive news today. The FC Tucson, a local pro soccer team, is coming back. They're playing. Uh, yeah. Beginning next week, they're going to have 16 weeks of a schedule. No fans in the stands, but they're, you can see things kind of open up, and then other places, not so much. Yeah, I, I think if you take a pulse throughout the country, there's been some some great things that are going in the positive direction. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, Walt Disney World opened up. There was know. a race car event just a couple nights ago. Yeah, I mean, so there's more and more, you know, there's obviously golf tournaments going on, um, you know, left and right, um, you know, with the soccer team mm-hmm. uh, coming back. More and more positive things. Ho- hopefully we keep heading in that same direction because that's what we need. Mm-hmm. No question. Um, th- I wanted to ask you, because you're around bicyclists a lot. We have about 45 seconds left. Uh, the, the personality of them. The it's, personal- a, it's a little different. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, it's it's different. In, in different parts of the country, they're a little bit different. So mountain bikers are, are a little wired a little bit differently. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, roadies are, are wired differently. Triathletes are wired differently. Um, you know what? But, you know, a lot of times if you sit down at the table with all of them, you know, they can share a laugh. They can talk to the commonalities because, you know, they, they have that love of being outdoors and being going fast. Sometimes. And they're fit. And they're fit, the darn guys. They're fit, which is good. <laughs> I got to get on a bike. Yeah. Let's take a quick break here. Come back on the other side here on 1030 The Voice. Where you bank really does matter. Hughes Federal Credit Union is proud to be recognized by Forbes as one of Arizona's best credit unions three years in a row. This national recognition highlights our commitment to high-quality products and services, our customer service, digital services, and financial advice. At Hughes Federal Credit Union, we offer low rates on loans, lower fees, and many free services. Make the switch. Join Hughes today. Visit HughesFCU.org best. Certain restrictions apply insured by NCUA. Being named the 2020 El Tour de Tucson dedication recipient was such an honor. I have been a part of El Tour in the past, and I know about some of these amazing names that have been dedication recipients in the past, but it was an honor to be chosen for that, not only for me, but for my organization that supports people with disabilities. I've met so many people through the riding and through El Tour that are now some of my closest and dearest friends. One of the things that makes El Tour, you know, so safe and, and um, so well ran is all the law enforcement that gets involved blocking up the roads. My favorite part of the course on the newer course was the backside of Pistol Hill. I think what's amazing about El Tour is there's something for everyone's ability level. It includes the opportunity to be out there. You can even do a one miler. You can do something at home if you're limited to being indoors. That's what's great about it is all abilities are encouraged. It's very inclusive. Hey, welcome back to Why in the Ball here on 1030 The Voice. I'm your host, Steve Rivera. I want to let people know that Jay Gonzalez has taken a much-needed day off. He's out in the hills. And I have T.J. Jeskowitz, the executive director of El Tour de Tucson. They knew, I think you've been here about a week or so. Yeah, that's about it. What have you learned about Tucson? You've been here a couple of times, but just briefly. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a, it's a just a really cool 
community and very close-knit community. Mm-hmm. It seems like it's a big, small town in it's, my estimation. I call it Mayberry. Mayberry, yeah. It's, it's um, you Where know, do you meet uh, Aunt B? And, and, you know, I'm trying to eat in every different restaurant I possibly can. There's well, a non-chain that. that's, that's that. a locally owned type of, uh, because I just absolutely love all different types of foods and different things like that. So mm-hmm. I've been trying to, you know, get all those under my belt as quickly as possible, which will expand my belt line, I'm sure. <laughs> well, let me tell you, if it's Tucson's known for cycling, it's known for food, two different oh. types of food. Mm-hmm. And it's all very good. Yeah. So yeah. Very so good. far... I haven't met one thing I haven't liked here. So. Yeah, right. Uh, well, you'll find there's plenty of places, especially when they open up more. You can sit in and sure. talk to people and get to know the people. Sure. Because you're right. It's it's a small, small, big town community. To me, it's Mayberry. We want to be Raleigh, which Raleigh is in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see what happens. Yeah. And, and we have a lot of cyclists that come down from Phoenix to write, write in this event. Oh, you bet. Um, you know, I, I think anytime you get a, a world-class event and a, and a great course for people to ride on, you're going to attract people from not just mm-hmm. this area. Mm-hmm. I think they said somewhere about 70% of the people are, are from this community. So, um, you know, that could change over yeah, time. I think yeah. if we promote it more to people to say, look, this is just an, an amazing place to come come ride. Um, you're you're going to feel really welcome here and really enjoy your experience. We're going to bring more people from the outside to join those, those people from Tucson that ride. Sure. Maybe some Iowans. I bet you we're going to have a few more Iowans. I, I've got quite a few friends that already said, "Hey, we're 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 hoping uh, you know to be down there in November and uh, really looking forward to the ride." What would the temperature be up there in November? Yeah. Uh, well, it's it can snow. I've been to football games in in November that there was snow on the ground, and, and even in October. So, uh, you know, it typically would be about twenty degrees. Really, in, in, that's in, a high. Oh yeah. Oh, I'll I take mean, one hundred thirteen any day yeah, over twenty degrees. Absolutely. Yeah, there's uh, not even a question. You pretty much hang up your bike uh, about October in in the Midwest because you know there there'll there'll be a you know rogue snowstorm that'll come in in October and just you know somewhere right around Columbus Day and all sure. of a sudden bam you get hit with a snowstorm. Sure, sure. No, I'm here for a reason. I don't yeah. like cold weather. I don't like cold weather. Uh, you want to transition into sports because I know you're a big sports guy. Oh yeah, um, Florida grad. Yes. Kind of uh, was there for a lot of the heyday stuff. Yeah. Uh, when I first got there, they were really bad. I, I graduated high school in 83, so came into a, you know, a really average Florida program. And You're talking they, about football. Yeah, as far as football. And they kind of poked the sleeping giant because, you know, if they ever got it going on, I mean, obviously the Hurricanes were, were great back then. Yeah. And in the uh, early 80s, they were winning national championships. But all of a sudden, Florida decided they could be really good, too. And all of a sudden, they got a uh, Coach Spurrier down there in 1990. Uh, six years later, they won a national championship. So uh, I don't think there could be anything better in the world to experience that first national championship. I mean, obviously, you had one here in Arizona basketball. There's there's just, you know, nothing uh, more more exciting as a sports mm-hmm. fan when your team reaches, you know, the plateau of a national championship. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm a huge Florida fan. Uh, I became an Iowa fan living there the last 17 years. Uh, I hope to become an Arizona fan. I, I was going to ask you that because you've been in town and we've talked briefly uh, about you be, uh, buying season tickets to the football season. Absolutely. And, and, but you're surprised on how inexpensive they are. Yeah. Um, you know, I was used to, you know, SEC prices and, <laughs> you know, big, big 10 prices. And it was, you know, surprisingly really affordable. So you did uh, it right away. Oh, absolutely. And, 
part of the reason was you you kind of heard in the background well you know if they did limit the number of people that would go into the stadium that maybe it would just be season ticket holders mm -hmm. and so you know I, I immediately just looked at the stadium map and I said you know I, I like going to the games and my daughter likes going to the football games and why not you know I, I wanted to dive in you know uh, head first and and get right into the culture of it and I love live live sports if it's college basketball if it's college baseball softball college football you name it I, I love live events so reasonable prices did you get good seats oh yeah they're like you know about 40 yard line a little bit high up but but hey we'll, we'll get the first year under our belt hopefully we'll be in the stadium this year right. and and watching uh, a resurgent arizona team right well I, this is an observation i've had and i've written a number of stories when i was at the paper and i still say this because i still believe it that tucson is a fickle town if you don't win they don't show up and i'm sure you could i could say that oh. of any college town in the country yeah i i I would say that, you know, pretty much there's there's a lot of Fairweather fans, unfortunately, mm -hmm. uh, because, you know, these kids, I mean, they're kids out there playing and they need support. Mm -hmm. And if they're, you know, if they're 0 and 10, um, they need people, you know, that are that are out there cheering them on. And so, but I think you're going to find that in any place, you know, you're going to see empty stadiums if they're, if they're not up to expectations. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I'm really excited to, you know, dive into Arizona football. Hopefully it'll be very, very soon. Um, you were talking about graduate high school in 83. So you finished uh, college, maybe 87, 88, sure. about there in same time as me. So what was the perception of Arizona? Because I always like to get people's perceptions from not around here, uh, football, basketball, especially basketball, because that's when Arizona's basketball program started taking off. Yeah. So not much perception football, to be honest with you. There is you no, know, when, right. when, when you're on, on the East Coast over there, there's not much. I mean, it, it was basically looked at as, as a basketball school. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I think from the time that Luke came over here, and, and I, I would not be, you know, kind if I didn't say that, you know, you borrowed Luke from the <laughs> University of Iowa. <laughs> you and, and every Iowa guy. And, uh, you know, he, he made, you know, what he put his stamp on Iowa basketball. It took him to the final four. They still talk about it today. Yeah. Uh, I've got a friend over there. Bobby Hansen was a freshman when, when Lute recruited him and Mark Gannon, another guy, you probably don't know those, those names too well. Bobby, you might know, but, um, but those two guys were, were, were on Lute's team back in, oh gosh, I don't even know what year that was. They went to the final four. 80, and, 80, 1980. Yeah. That was back when you had uh, the final four and you had the third place game. Right, if you remember right, that, right, I mean, right. us older guys remember those, uh, Really big, good decision to get rid of that game, the consolation loser game or whatever they, they called that. Well, yeah, yeah. But um, you know, I think you know. I mean, if Luke didn't head over to Arizona, because again, I think he came from Long Beach. Long Beach, right? So, so he went Long Beach to Iowa. I went from Iowa to Arizona. So, did you did you ask Luke what the heck are you thinking? <laughs> uh, I think they did back in the day. Yeah. And he also, when he got here, says, "What was I thinking?" Yeah, because they were so bad. But they it did take him to the final four, so he had he had a good game plan there. No, yeah, no question. Uh, in fact, like I say, people in Iowa still talk about those days uh, fondly. Fondly, yeah. I say, you know, why did he have to leave? Uh, but Arizona benefited, no question. So the perception was was what it was back in the late eighties. Obviously, they had Sean Elliott, Steve Kerr, yada oh, yeah. yada. They were pretty good, and then they met your floor. They met Florida in the final four, although they didn't play them in the final four. No, nope. they played Arkansas. Florida played Duke. Yeah, they. Uh, 
came up against Grant Hill and Duke. Right. That right. was back, um, you know, we had uh, Lon Kruger, who was a good coach, took him to the Still Final Four. Coach, yes. And, you know, he had a good stint over at UNLV. I think his son played up the road right. at Arizona State, Kevin. Right. Yep. Uh, I had Kevin in basketball camp when I was when I was working at the University of Florida. And that, you know, I don't know if I mentioned that. I worked at the University of Florida uh, in the marketing department for football and basketball. So uh, I got my, my got my feet wet a little bit with, with college sports. But, um, but after that, we brought in Billy Donovan and Billy Ooh. had Billy Donovan <laughs> had just a tremendous run to he win did. Did. two national championships at the University of Florida in basketball is is one of the greatest feats you you can't imagine how mm-hmm. a sleepy basketball program Florida was until Billy D came in and just took him to a whole different level yeah I remember that team 2008 I think as they beat Ohio State Greg Oden and them Back to back, they won. They beat UCLA and they mm-hmm. beat Ohio State, and um, you know never never looked back. They had, I mean, that team. They just recognized them, you know, with with Joachim Noah, um, Al Horford. I mean, right, they were just, right, right. I mean, Corey Brewer. I mean, three guys that were staples in the NBA for a, for a long time. Right. And you know, that's Udonis Haslam. They're they're, I mean, solid solid team. But Billy D was the catalyst. I mean, now he's still over it in uh, Oklahoma, at Oklahoma at OKC and and still doing still doing fine yeah no question so Florida um, I think Florida Arizona back then Duke Arkansas was very good because they won the title 94 Mm -hmm. when all those teams were there Um, we played we played Arizona a home and away back about um, before they they really took off probably about 2005 somewhere around there I remember you know we came we had one game out here that, that yes, lost yes. To, to Arizona and then went back and, and beat them in 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 Gainesville so yeah. again two powerhouse programs that uh, it was great I would love to see more of that happen and I don't I think we'll have it too soon but it'd be great to see some of those those neat matchups again. do you remember much of that game here uh, I remember we were up by a lot, and we uh, lost somehow, in the last yeah, we yeah. lost it somehow. That is still considered well considered one of the best uh, sporting days for Arizona history. Huh. Arizona had just beaten or had come back from twenty points down or twenty uh, yeah twenty points down in the New Mexico Bowl, you know, for, oh. for whatever that's worth against Nevada. I think it was. I can't remember. Uh, and they came back and they won that game in the last impossible, improbable. And so they won that game, and everyone was excited. That night, they were going to play number three or number five, Florida. Yeah. Came here, was down big, and they won on a last-second shot. Yep. And yep. people went bonkers in Tucson. Yeah, I remember. And then, uh, yeah, it was like Patrick Young, I think, was the top player back then. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Who's just- Big strong guy, big strong guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. big rebounding guy. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we've had some really good teams there at Florida, and um, you know, hopefully they'll get back on track. You know, not not having you know Billy as as a coach was certainly yeah. a little bit of a setback, but uh, Mike Mike White's got him back back. You know, feeling pretty good about themselves. Let's take a quick break here, Tom, and come back and talk about college sports versus pro sports. I'm a sure. big college sports guy. Me too. Uh, we'll come back here on the other side. It's those guys from Tucson Appliance Company, the best appliance company in Tucson. For the month of July, we're going to donate 2% of our sales to a local charity from in-stock purchases. Come shop at our store and work with our amazing sales team. Dustin, David, Brian, Alex, Jermaine, and Peter. You can choose from a list of local charities for us to donate to. The only way we can give back is if you shop local. Only at Tucson Appliance, where our low price is your priority. 
These days, most families are concerned with having the right insurance coverage. Protecting your family, home, auto, and other valuable possessions can be challenging and sometimes expensive. Crest Insurance gives you flexible options and solutions while saving you money. Insurance is not one size fits all, and at Crest, we find the coverage that's best for you and your family. Visit us online at www.crestins.com or call us toll free at 888-881-5765. There's a place in our house. For 70 years, Benjamin Supply has been keeping Tucson flowing. Hygiene is our business. We help you achieve extreme clean. Minimize germ spreading with a hands-free sensor faucet. Forget the paper panic with a washlet seat. And speaking of waterworks, a big thanks to plumbers for their essential efforts during this health crisis. Shop our downtown showroom by appointment. Call us at 777-7000 or see all the products online at BenjaminSupply.com. Thanks to Benjamin Plumbing Supply. Hey, welcome back to Eye on the Ball here on 10 Through the Voice. I'm Steve Rivera. Jay Gonzalez is taking the day off, much deserved. Uh, in with me is T.J. Jeskowitz, the new executive director of El Tour de Tucson. Let's kind of go back and talk some more about sports. So you, you have a lot of cool names that you've followed and you covered back at Florida and now at Iowa. So who, who was the best athlete you saw in person? Best athlete in person. Well, I I got to meet Muhammad Ali, which I think oh, if you if you ask me who the you know the the most you know the 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 greatest name I've ever met. Um, seeing Jordan live was was mm-hmm. easily the the greatest athlete that you I've ever seen him, actually playing. Caught him when uh, against the Orlando Magic back uh, towards oh I'd say about ninety seven somewhere so around his there. Yeah. Still, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Still winning. oh yeah, back uh, when he was wearing twenty three. Yeah. What about at Florida? Uh, at Florida, oh gosh, um, Emma Smith was there during the heyday. Um, you know, I mean, watching that that guy run was was incredible. Got to see Herschel Walker uh, run, Bo Jackson. Um, uh-huh. So you know, the, I, I'll I'll brag about the SEC. I know a lot of people hate the SEC, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's pretty tough to uh, you know look at those athletes. And you know, Florida State had some great athletes. Miami had some great athletes well, back luck, then. Good luck with those tickets because this is not SEC no, football. <laughs> no, no. But uh, yeah, I mean, just just. You know, I like any good competitive game, and when yeah. when you see those those guys like Bo Jackson run the ball, I mean, even if he's running for two eighty five against you, you're like in awe. Right, right, because you don't see that often. No, especially that type of athlete. Yeah, I I remember you know Chris Jackson at LSU scored back when it was before he was uh, changed his name. Yeah, yeah, and and I think he hit like sixty points against Florida, and I think the 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 group gave him a, a standing ovation because okay. you know they just they just looked at that as saying wow what a great performance and it's really cool to see and anytime you you just appreciate right. something like that right right so what was what were some of the better games you can remember back in uh well i i went to the national championship when florida won the the first one against florida state in the mm-hmm. sugar bowl and 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 thanks uh to arizona state losing to ohio state we actually got to win the national championship i know it's a probably a bitter pill to swallow for mm-hmm. for arizona state people yes. but i'm sure arizona fans really like that <laughs> and uh very, know, we, true, very we, true we beat our rivals florida state 52 20 that day so it was just a great i remember being on Bourbon Street, and uh, Kurt Kerbstreet was walking down the street, and he was just doing game day then for uh, just working with ESPN, just pretty much fresh out of college. So this is like you know mid mid nineties, and he was just like high fiving all the Gator fans because he played you know football for Ohio State, and they had just taken out. 
Arizona State with Jake the Snake at that time. And, you know, everyone's just like loving, oh, thanks, Ohio State. You know, you gave us our first national championship. So so that that right there easily, you know, the the top sports moment I've I've seen live in person. Right, right. No, that's that's very cool. And and good thing is you remember because you were down in uh, New Orleans at the time. Yeah. It was still it, early, I think, yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah never forget that. Uh, if you ever have a chance to go to the Sugar Bowl, no, ma- no matter what, if your team gets to go to the Sugar Bowl, it is one of the best bowl games experiences mm-hmm. of all times. I've been to the Fiesta Bowl. Unfortunately, Florida played Nebraska and got steamrolled by Nebraska back when Nebraska was Nebraska. Nebraska. Yeah, what, what you're talking about? Oh, late, mid 80s? 95, right around there. 95 the next year, they won the national championship. So they came to Fiesta Bowl back when they played it, um, you know, in the, in the Rocks. I don't know what, uh, Sun Devil Stadium. Right, right. And that was um, Tommy Frazier, Lawrence Phillips. You know, yeah. they had, oh, they had a great Tommy. Tommy Frazier was um, out of Bradenton, Florida, uh, a quarterback that Florida let go somehow. Lawrence Phillips, uh, you know, got yeah. rest his soul. I sure. think he passed away after a really hard life. But boy, those those guys could could stack up some yards on you. Yeah, Arizona faced Nebraska in the uh, in the bowl game in San Diego. I think they did it twice. Uh, I'd rather play him now. Yeah, than, than, <laughs> very much. Yeah, so. Scott Frost having a little difficult time getting right. him on track, but uh, right. Yeah, best coach you you had at the time, but not not that you had at Florida, but just that you've seen and you've kind of were impressed by. You know, Ur- Urban Meyer had some great uh, yeah. years yeah. at Florida. I mean, he wasn't a real warm person. He's not likable. But you know what? I mean, the guy knew how to win and yeah. he got the most out of his players. I mean, he had some some. Kind of shady characters. Um, yeah, he had the you know Hernandez kid. Aaron Hernandez, but on the other side, he had Tim Tebow. And true, um, if you ask me, who my favorite college athlete of all time is, our families is Tim Tebow. Just uh, you know, a wonderful human being as well as sure. Just in in my estimation, and this is my opinion, but I think he's the greatest college football quarterback of all time. Really? Yeah, because he just took that team um, on his shoulders and and would not lose. Mm-hmm. And so the years they won, um, you know, beating Oklahoma, just taking taking them on his shoulders and just, you know, for, for three years he just dominated college football. It's funny because I, I noticed stuff like that too. Uh, guys who don't have all the talent in the world but can will their way to victory. Yeah. And that's called being a good leader and people believing in you. Yeah, you tell me, you know, household names off those teams that won the national championship back then. You can't rattle them off. It's mm-hmm. not like at Miami where you had, you know, nine guys that played in the NFL. Right. So I right. think Tebow just elevated. He wasn't, a, you know, a great NFL quarterback. Played some good years for the Broncos. Um but he really elevated that entire team, and that's what a great leader does. You said you were a Bronco fan? Absolutely. Because of him? Not uh, because of no, him. Uh, I started becoming a Bronco fan because they were one of the best teams when I was kind True. of at that John age. That, uh, no, even before that. Uh, we're talking the, Tom Jackson. 75? Yeah, back in the when they played the Cowboys Orange in Crush. the Super Bowl. Orange, Orange Crush. Crush. Yes. Yeah. So I, I called myself TJ because I like Tom Jackson, number 57, Hall of Famer. Um, yes. Just, uh, you know, I, I, I like the Broncos, and I was living in South Florida at the time, and all my friends were Dolphin fans, and I, I just couldn't stand the Dolphins, and well, I just became a Bronco fan, and that was, you know, about forty years ago. Yeah, well, seventy-five-ish, right? Yeah, somewhere around there. Because they played Dallas, I was a Cowboy fan growing up, and I do remember that game. They got beat uh, by the Cowboys. I, mm-hmm. I remember it. And They lost quite a few Super Bowls until they finally got one. Right, right. John Elway finally uh, pulled it off. Yep. Yeah, got yeah. two of them. 
Yeah, so that's cool. Uh, what else? You were a Cincinnati Red fan, you said? Yeah, Reds fan. Um, Pete Rose era, you mm-hmm. know, uh, Big Red Machine, Joe Morgan, Johnny Bench, you know. Cesar Geronimo. Geronimo, yeah, just Tony Perez. Mm-hmm. I mean, just just a, a wonderful team. Um, you know, hopefully Pete will make it to the Hall of Fame one day. Um, I think, do you think he will eventually? I, I hope he does. I, I hope I hope he makes it before he passes. You know, because sometimes they older than you well, think. Six seventy five ish. Yeah, he's um, he sets up shop in places like Vegas all the time. It's probably yeah. not good for your health. You know, um, you know, Pete was a tremendous player. Um, did but, you ever see him in person when he was Pete Rose back in the day? Oh yeah. yeah. So how did? Because you see him now, he's like a rock. He's yeah. like a huge rock. Well, he kind of had the body of like Tony Gwynn, you know, kind of that compact, just, just, you know, some of these baseball players, you know, they don't look like athletes. You know, you look at John Crook or someone like that and you're like, wow, that guy's a baseball player. Ken Herbeck, you know, some of these big guys, but, but Pete was solid. Um, You know, you can't hit a baseball if you're, you know, if you're, you're not in shape and all that. So, so he was, he was just a hard nosed player. I mean, loved the game. I Mm -hmm. mean, Charlie Hustle was, Was you know, knocking over Ray Fossey and the, you know, just memories like that of Pete Rose is what I think of. I don't think of him as the manager. I don't think of him as the guy playing the ponies or or Mm -hmm. betting on baseball. But, you know, I, I just remember when I was, you know, say 10 years old watching Charlie Hustle and it couldn't be any better. Me too, because uh, 75, the World Series, I was a fan, and still, still back then it was huge. You were 11. What else do you live for but baseball and, and fun? Uh, Carlton Fist, uh, and then 76, they did it again, even with a better oh, team. Yeah, yeah, great, great team. I mean, ba- I think baseball back then, I, again, my opinion, yeah, it was yeah. a heyday of baseball. Just great rivalries back when sure. it was the AOS and they played the Dodgers, Dodgers and, right. and uh, you know, you hated the Dodgers back then, but, you know, to beat Because they were good, too. Oh, Garvey oh, and Say and, oh, great teams. and all these guys. Yeah, great. no, because it was a good rivalry. And a lot of them, you know, growing up in South Florida, we had spring training until Arizona stole all those teams. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. You know, the Dodgers would come down every year, the Yankees, the, the Reds, all these people would do spring training. So when I'm 10 years old, I'm riding my bike to watch these guys and there's you know you're looking up and there's reggie jackson and there's right. you know uh, there's bobby mercer and there's all these you know just just legends of of baseball thurman munson um so all these guys were so approachable back back in 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 the 70s and it's so different today where right. you know the there's these big stadiums i mean it was small stadiums and you know a kid would walk up with a baseball and you'd get 10 autographs on a baseball because it was going on your shelf and not into a... Did you do that? Oh, absolutely. So did you still have them? I've got a lot of my oh, old do you? stuff. That's oh, very cool. Because yeah. right, I have the same kind of memorabilia. Not to that extent, but that's cool. Yeah, lots of cool stuff. Great show today. Thanks for coming in. We'll have to do this again when we're just talking sports and talking uh, as we get closer to El Tour. I'd love to do it again, Steve. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. A lot of fun to talk and reminisce. I'm going to start to have tear up here talking about my kid days because <laughs> uh, we're kind of in the same wheelhouse. Good to have you, TJ. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, everybody, for listening this week here on Eye on the Ball here on 1030 The Voice.